0: Hello and welcome to Tales from the Engine Room, where we meet the people who make up the Skiff, a co-working community in Central Brighton.
1: I like solving problems for people in my freelancing work. There's three kinds of good job, right? One is you're working on some problem that's really interesting. Another one is you're working with people who are really nice and really intelligent. You're learning a lot, and the third one is you feel like you're building something valuable or useful or, or that's doing some good.
0: I'm Caroline Bevan. I'm a digital storyteller, and I'm a member at the Skiff too. Across this series of interviews, we'll meet freelancers, remote workers, solopreneurs and small team leaders, asking the question, what are you working on today? This week, we meet Dave Pereira-Gunel, the director of Mapping Company Cartographer, who's giving researchers new ways to gather location-based data, but he's also navigating some new directions for himself.
1: So today's mostly been calls, catches up on projects, um... I've got maybe three or four customers. So my, my customers are other companies So um, who we're setting up mapping systems for them. Just checking in with them. Some of them are in the quoting phase. Some of them are things are live and then we're going to review the project. So it's been a lot of time sitting in our uh, um, call booth under a, under a skylight, gently roasting.
0: <laughs> gently boiling away, boiling away. So cartographer, mapping. Is it specific mapping? Tell us a little bit more about what, what cartographer actually is and does.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's quite a, a specialist thing in a way. So it's um, the elevator pitch that I like to use for it is survey monkey with maps. So we have survey forms uh, where you record uh, bits of field data. So our customers are mostly environmental groups, charities, public sector bodies and so on. So it'll be things like um, wildlife spotting. Or water quality measurement or collecting litter. And the survey form would be something like, you know, what species of wildlife did you see? Um, you know, what was it doing at the time? And a few other questions. And then one of the questions would be, where was this? Click on a map. And then we take all that sort of geo reference data, we assemble it into a big database, and then we'll draw you a nice map, put that on your website, show it off, and you can also export it so you can do, you know, data processing and things like that. Um, a, lot of our, a lot of our customers, our charities, Working with volunteers, so um, there's there's tools to help you sort of work with your volunteers, get them interested, um, check their work for them, and stuff like that.
0: So I guess one of the challenges you're having to face is making it so it's it's robust enough to to work and do everything, but also simple enough that anybody literally could use it. Yes, it's an interesting
1: <laughs> balance. Yeah, and we you know have a lot of different customers who are using it in different ways. I'm sure with with all the people who build software, that difficulty with this. Job in general is trying to balance that, trying to build something that is simple and yet flexible, and then uh, future-proof. You know, if you what if somebody wants to change something tomorrow, will that be an easy change? Or will it be a hard change? What do I, do I want to anticipate? What things are going to be important in a few you know, weeks, months, years time? Um, yeah, I've got. A, hit rate of about 50% on that so far. I seem to make uh, as many, many difficult decisions for myself as I make good decisions, so yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So you say you've got multiple clients. Or, so so I, I'm guessing how, how I picture it is that you have got like a base map system yeah. and then clients come in and go, yes, but can we bolt this on, add this on, take that off? Is that how, generally how it works?
1: Yeah, very modular. Um, the two kind of modules, if you like, are survey forms and maps. So a survey form will just be, you know, what fields... You recording what types are they? Mm -hmm. What kind of data goes into the day space? And then the maps is how do you get that data out? What color do you want it? Is it polygons or is it lines or is it points? And and, you know and what do you want it to look like basically? Mm -hmm. Um, And options along those lines. How to group data and things Mm -hmm. like this.
0: So much potential with a tool like this. And and I know that you you say most of your clients are sort of environmental groups and working in the kind of natural world. Is, is that out of choice or is that just the world that you found? Just, you know, could, this could map anything in theory.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a combination of history, you know, first first customers. So a lot of the customers work on rivers and water bodies. And that's because the first customer had worked on rivers and water bodies. And word of mouth is the strongest sort of marketing channel. So um, uh, it, it's partly historical. And it's also partly because I've never really worked out a good, easily defined customer base that would use this that's not that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Name me a vertical that I can move into <laughs> where they've got 10 times the budget and all this kind of thing, and, and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll check it out. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's part of the issue uh, there. But you know, also like environmental stuff, both my parents are uh, scientists, one's a biologist, one's a geographer, so it's run of the family. It's <laughs> part of the reason why I became a computer scientist so I didn't have to go outside and do field work all the time.
0: <laughs> was that literally your childhood? Like, walks, let's go, yeah, Dave, was, on your computer. Yeah,
1: waders, um, checking the depths, of bit, like walking through a bit of river going, oh yeah, the, the pole's gone down, you know, this far below the surface and that, that kind of stuff. It's, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you went computer route. What was your path to getting to where you are now in terms of your own sort of development and your career? So education, degrees, that kind of stuff.
1: I, I really... I got into computers because, you know I was a little kid and liked video games, and my, my parents had a BBC micro, you know the really easy, accessible computer. So I started sort of writing toy programs on that. I got into programming at school as a hobby, and then I wanted to do computer science at university. And um, I think my, my folks said to me, "Well, wouldn't you rather do a real science?"
0: So, no future in computing yeah, exactly no future in computing
1: <laughs> do something for us so i actually did physics at uni and then but i did some computing stuff and then went on and, and did that for years and then coming out of that i got um i think my first job coming out at the university was working for my dad building web pages for his department at his university right. and is it was interesting that like one minute they were sort of saying can you help us sort of arrange all the information about our staff and our courses and all this kind of stuff and then the next minute it's like can you make it so that we can register students for modules on this? So there's this is kind of interesting thing. In their minds, there's no difference between having a bunch of web pages that show some data and then having a bunch of web pages that you interact with and you record data. Yeah. And it just and then well, I said, well, yes, well, of course I can. But and then we.
0: That's a Different thing, today. yeah,
1: and then from there, I guess I became a freelance developer, and then it, it all sort of blossomed from there in a sense. I did uh, maybe 10 years being a freelancer and then set up cartographer somewhere around the early 2010s.
0: So, what kind of freelance work were you doing? Were, was it kind of pretty much anyone who would, yeah,
1: building a lot of um, a lot of systems for universities again because of word of mouth. So, I started out building stuff for my, my dad's uh, university department, and then did a couple of other things for universities did a couple of startups wrote some software to help schools manage their IT resources that was a uh, uh, fun and then i i did some ab testing split testing software at one point that was a that was a pretty pretty cool little project
0: this almost comes around to but your your folks do is off the research side of things right that's almost like an interesting crossover so, between you yeah. seem to have that in your blood a little
1: when i became a freelancer i i did quite a lot of wo- uh, work with uh, friends from university so who are all you know Computer science nerds, so I guess, I guess there's a bit of that as well, isn't it? It's like, where does the work come from?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, but also what you're interested in yourself. So you know what lights up the light bulb in your head, you know. And there's there's a ton, there's a ton of different ways that you could have taken your computer science and your, you know, your computer skills. In fact, you, you've chosen pretty much to go down a nice, almost a research route. So it's it's almost there.
1: I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think I classify myself as a research. I mean, like, yes, people do using cartographer are kind of doing Mm, science but I've always been more of an engineer more of a product person I like I like solving problems for people in in my freelancing work then there's the two kinds of good job right well three kinds of good job one is you're working on some problem that's really interesting so the code itself is really interesting another one is you're working with people who are really nice and really intelligent you're learning a lot and the third one is you're building something where maybe the code isn't that interesting, but what it does is interesting. So you or you feel like you're you're building something valuable or um, useful or, or that's doing some good. So I've got a little bit of all of those with cartographer and it. it's a nice little space to to, to exist in.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. So since I've known you you've had various sort of iterations like you freelance, but you also do training and, yeah. tra- and you still you still do yeah, pay the bills. Um what do you get from training you, apart from obviously paying the bills? Do you do you enjoy it as a uh, thing in itself?
1: Oh I love it. Yeah um I I guess so when I when I was doing my when I was at uni I did some sort of teaching assistant kind of stuff Um uh, teaching people's program basically and then and, and and that is really good like I it's really satisfying it doesn't there's this sort of moment when somebody like you see the light bulb go on you know they they oh no I understand this thing especially if like they clearly weren't understanding it just before and you you managed to say that one thing where they kind of like the neurons rewire or something it's like oh that's brilliant so that's that's very satisfying and I really do like that um, and so yeah I did I did training at uni back in the day I used to do a bit of JavaScript sort of training as well just like working with people to teach them JavaScript and so now I do I, I do um, sort of proper Commercial software training, if you like. Nice. Um, so it's mostly companies need a team trained up, yeah, go okay. into a classroom,
0: nice.
1: sweat it out for three days.
0: <laughs> so, how, in terms of the life you've got now in running Cartographer, is it just you, or do you have staff? Is it how does um, how's the company structured? It's
1: so the the company is there's basically two people running the company. There's me and a, and a lady named Lucy, who's my sort of the the environmental person to my technical person. And Cartographer, the company, it doesn't we don't just do software, so. Lucy does a lot of um uh, training in but like how to do certain types of environmental analysis environmental surveys and so on so we have some survey methodologies that that she sort of manages that we also use the software to record so um she and I basically pilot things and then um we have five or six different trainers that work on courses for us on her side of the company and then on my side of the company, I'm currently working with uh, two uh, developers, two freelancers, mm-hmm. uh, one to do web stuff and one to do mobile stuff. A lot of little teams and we're all sort of quite separate in a way. And we sort of check in every now and again. It's sort mm-hmm. of...
0: And you're physically separate because you're all remote.
1: Yeah, that's right. All remote.
0: Do you wish you were all in the same If you could weather magic wand and all be in the same place, would you prefer that?
1: So I do, for programming stuff. I do think there's nothing really to beat sitting next to somebody um and sharing you know you, you've got your screen they've got their screen and you can tap each other on the shoulder and go how why does this thing not work what, what have you done here
0: <laughs> you've broken <breaking laughs> it again you've broken yeah. it again. and
1: that, that's really valuable and, and you there are tools like zoom or teams or whatever and and they're, they're pretty good but like there's nothing to really beat the same physical space um so i do work remotely with people but then Fortunately, some of the developers I'm working on local, and so I can I can work with them face to face, and that's great. And then for the people who are a little bit more remote, uh, it's nice to get together every now and again. And of course, the frequency is inversely <laughs> related to the distance. Um, yeah, so so Lucy lives in North London, and we we get together once every sort of a couple of months or so, <laughs> something on like that frequency. Whereas uh, the developers I'm working with uh, it's currently is four days a week-ish kind
0: of thing yeah that's fantastic how do you find managing people because that's a skill that i have never had to I'm acquire ter-
1: absolutely <laughs> because
0: it's it's something that people presume you just if you have a business you know how to do and it's not yeah
1: no it's... i'm 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 definitely not a manager but this is kind of fine because i don't have employees like people i work with are contractors and with that comes you know they know what they're doing technically and they're used to working with different clients and then so and, and I'm a contractor as well, and so we kind of understand each other, and that's nice. The challenge that I actually have to face is sort of product management in a way. You know, we've got all these things we could build at any given moment, lots of new features, things that we we know uh, need changing behind the scenes. You know, there's always that bit of code that no one dares touch. That sort of you know uh, has warnings written all over it, and you say, like, we probably want to get rid of that, but it's going to take you know some amount of time, what's priority, and that that kind of stuff, trying to. Keep an eye on what everyone's working on, try to keep an eye on what priorities are, try to manage the fact that priorities change. Mm-hmm. You know, a new customer comes on board and they're like, well, we can give you this much money in two weeks if you do that thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should consider that thing. I don't know. You know, yeah. and that's quite challenging. Again, like the, the good thing is I'm working with with good people who are, are willing to put up with my <laughs> <laughs> my changing my mind all the time, but
0: but again, when you run your own business and it works for everyone. I mean, I'm a, I'm a freelancer. So I have to be all the hats. I have to be the yeah. marketing and the and and the same when you're running a small business, you you know you don't have a business development person. You don't. You know, it's yeah. you. It's That's, you doing all of it. That
1: is actually 90 percent of the, the problems. I guess problems is a wrong word, but 90 of mm. the challenges I face day to day is that I need two or three of me. Yeah, of uh, constantly uh, having to context switch, and, and programming is difficult, right? Because it, I find it takes me at least half an hour to sort of get into a problem and then I need to be working on it for probably at least an hour if it's any, if it's anything that's sort of non-trivial. <laughs> so getting a couple of hours straight to kind of really focus on something is almost impossible.
0: Yeah, How do you see the future for you within the business? Do you want to, would you ever give up? actually getting your hands dirty in the code, or is that really important to you to keep doing that? Well, that's an that's a uh,
1: that it, it's a fairly realistic question as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, above a certain scale. And and um, you know, the natural path uh if you're working in a small business as a programmer and you know you go up through junior, mid-senior programmer, and then you get into either becoming a team leader where half of your job is management, or if head mid you end up as a CTO. CTOs like to think they program, but they don't touch code really. And they're, all they're doing is trying to choose technologies and manage teams. So to answer your question, um, I, I do love programming. I think it would be very difficult to leave it behind. Um, I think I'll always have at least one hand in it. I think if Cartographer grows, I will hire around me to do, for, fortunately, I'm better at programming than I am at management.
0: So it would make sense to hire hire out that
1: side. Yeah, Yeah. I can see you know a time where I do do less programming, but I think I would if I if I got too far away from it, I would find a way to steer myself back in back into the technology
0: because yeah, that's the problem the higher up you go the further away you get from the thing you wanted to do yeah. in the first place
1: in in all careers right? in all careers in all, in all paths every yeah. path leads to management yeah,
0: yeah. god is not depressing isn't that depressing, <laughs> isn't that depressing? <laughs> so so you could see yourself bringing in a somebody to run the business side of things whilst you yeah kept, quite potentially
1: your... yeah um well the first you know a closer goal might be to carve out parts so let's say for example like um a lot of sort of customer engagement and like well, cross between marketing and customer success and customer engagement kind of stuff. And that and because my my customers are charities and the charities have volunteers, some of that is trying to engage volunteers or trying to um when we change something or where we add a new feature, trying to uh make sure everyone knows what's going on, that kind of stuff. Oh, right. And so communications, I guess, is the is the the role for that. That's something which I'm doing a lot of at the moment. And again, you know, like I'm learning a lot very quickly.
0: I mean, but there's probably people have. out
1: there who know how to do this already. So, yeah.
0: So, you're based here at the Skiff. Yep. Um, you've been a Skiff mate for years, right? Uh,
1: let's see. I moved to Brighton in 2014. So, I, and I joined up at the Skiff, you know, within a couple of weeks of moving to Brighton. So, I think that's right.
0: Had you co worked before, or was it, was it just a move to Brighton? Actually,
1: not, not for long. So, well, back in Birmingham, we used to work out in my front bedroom, my, me and uh, uh, my colleague, stroke freelancery buddies. We when it got to the point where I n- knew I wanted to leave Birmingham and I'd set my set my sights on Brighton, we moved to a co-working space because we thought, well, look, everyone's gonna have to make this transition. It'd be better if I made it with them. And we, you know, we will go for the same experience and we'll find somewhere really nice and then mm. I, feel, I feel less guilty about leaving, <laughs> taking the office.
0: It's basically <laughs> yeah. moving them onto somewhere yeah, else. Evicting yeah. everyone.
1: So I did do a bit of co working, but it wasn't the same as as the kind of thing i get from the skiff i think it, it, it is interesting a, a co-working space is really about the relationships you make there and and, and the kind of people who are there and uh, so at the skiff i've always found like everyone is very friendly and welcoming and it's really great and i've, I've made all, nearly all of my friends my long-term proper friends in brighton now i've met through met through work well I met through co-work i guess so that's great um and we didn't really get the same experience at Birmingham. i don't know if it's partly a, a thing about uh, a thing about the skiff definitely for sure um and partly a thing i think about brighton as well actually uh mm-hmm. you know um people seem to be more willing to take a punt and just chat a bit more or like have a few more you know out, you know coffees or Beers outside of work, that kind of thing. There's
0: definitely a creative, entrepreneurial spirit, not just here at the skiff, but in Brighton as a whole. And yep. the skiff feels a very distilled version of that. Yep. Are you here five days a week, or do you work at home some yeah, days a I, week?
1: On that, yeah, I, I try to be. Childcare sometimes takes.
0: Yeah, time of time. course. Does working at home work for you? Or is that Now it, you've got a little one, it must be slightly more challenging. It does.
1: With with the little one, she's at a nursery very close to here, so that's basically regimented my day. I mm. take her in, drop her off, work here, pick her up, take her home again. Um, prior to that I would do days at home. If there was either so sometimes I do sort of recording of videos or, 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 or you know audio material and stuff and then home's quite good for that. You know, I've got a little attic with a mic set up in it and stuff. Um, sometimes if I know I've got to be on a lot of calls or I'm running a training course, then I'll just, you know, get out of bed, slob my way up to the attic and get going. But um, but I think it's I can only do that for so long you know so many days um after about a week of working at home i'm craving getting out and chatting to people
0: Uh,
1: i've been kind of spoiled in that regard i think
0: (laughs) we all have this place is wonderful so how much crossover between your work and your and the skiff is there so i know you work with the son of a former skiff mate so it's this is not just like your work you you turn up and you work in in a silo there are tendrils yeah that's right
1: so well um yeah, I mean, one of my long-term colleagues who um, uh, one of, uh, I, I was part of a consultancy for um, probably about 10 years, I think, um, is a guy who I met at the Skiff. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, I didn't meet him at the Skiff. I, I joined the Skiff because I came to Brighton and he said, oh, you've got to come to the Skiff. Yeah, that's a guy named uh, Richards. And then, yeah, I've worked with three or four people here, um, yourself included, mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah, it's been really good as a source of contacts. And then, the, you know, the other source of contacts is... Meetup groups basically where there's a like for example like web development. Um there's a there's a couple of meetup groups that are around web development. I met a couple of people there who are yeah, working yeah. as
0: well. So, are you still able to go to a lot of those meetups as a as a relatively new dad? It's you know, it must yeah, be a bit more less. challenging.
1: I go to less. But then coming out of, you know, the pandemic, which yeah. <laughs> my my meetups obviously went to zero. And then, yeah, when I was doing more freelance and consultancy work, I used to do a lot of conference travel and a lot of talks. Um, It was, I went to nine international conferences in one year. You know, that was, it was pretty heavy and I, I can't do that anymore. So fortunately, you know, switching from freelancing or that particular kind of freelancing, all of our customers were international. So that was kind of, you know, switching into having a business and having a, a group of people. I'm, I'm working with a team more often. I don't need to travel. No. I can get on Zoom. That's great. Um, that makes things a lot easier, uh, um, especially with the, with the baby.
0: Yeah, of course. Do you feel like your life is now organised in, in such as you've got a good work-life balance, you've got... Is that... Are you in a healthy well, place now? It is something got... that the
1: baby helps with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be like a real workaholic. Mm-hmm. I would work into the evenings, I'd work weekends and do all that kind of stuff. And for the most part, I really enjoyed it because I would always find overlaps between programming for customers and programming for fun. You know, programming is a hobby of mine. It's not just a thing. But... um. Occasionally, I would get horribly burnt out uh, and that kind of stuff. So, actually, having um, having my baby, um, she's a year and a half old now, so I had plenty of time to you know get used to the, mm-hmm. the routine now. And it's it's mostly been for the better, I think. Yeah, could probably do with a few less snappy changes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more sleep, maybe a bit more sleep. But, <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 really good. So yes, um, eight a.m. through to six p.m every day weekday and uh and then you know mostly at the beach at the weekends nice
0: so what's the future for you and cartographer is it growth is it more of the Mm -hmm. same how how do you feel it's an interesting
1: question so we've reached a point now i think where some growth is i mean growth is great i'm I'm, I'm not interested in growth for growth's sake Mm -hmm. um i'm very much a believer in having a sustainable business a sustainable life like i want to have a lifestyle i have a family that I can support and the business needs to be big enough and not a lot bigger than that. At the same time, you know, um, the growth naturally entails bringing more people on and then so it sort of feeds itself a little bit. I think um, we're reaching a point now where we're moving from having customers who are small businesses to have customers that are larger businesses. We're doing more citizen science work that's on a larger scale no, 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 some some projects on a national scale now. So I think uh we're gonna try and develop more of that work. Um and it's it's but we're not really pushing it. It's very natural. Um we're not really marketing. Um we're certainly not doing, you know, the standard kinds of marketing you would do if you had a business and consumer product. Um yeah, so I'd like to get a couple more big customers on board, but it's not like the end of the world if it doesn't happen
0: no and you're not going to be travelling around the world trying to find them
1: <laughs> no although
0: <laughs> wouldn't be terrible you know <laughs> if we can find
1: some nice you know nice countries to go visit maybe some beaches mm-hmm. you know, maybe some mountains to climb that'd be fun
0: that would be nice that would be nice well I, I wish you all the best of luck with Cartographer I have three quick fire questions to finish okay. what was for lunch today?
1: what was for lunch today? I had I went to Sainsbury's I got a sandwich for Sainsbury's and a can of Coke
0: is that standard lunch for you?
1: uh it's 50/50 one of the the great things and the biggest problems of is how many wonderful if more expensive Van Sainsbury's options you have for eating so yeah i'm a i love my coffee shops and i love mm. my uh, i love my bagels and yeah I'm, you
0: are, you're, you often pop out for a coffee don't you like yeah, several times every, every
1: morning yeah. every morning i get coffee from coffee shop and then 50% of afternoons as well <laughs> yeah it's a, and this it's a problem up.
0: I know people in here who spend like £10 on lunch every day and it's like how do you how do you do that um if you didn't live in Brighton where would you live anywhere in the world
1: oh uh well that's fairly easy to answer because my wife's from Singapore uh-huh. and so we've had discussions at various times in the past which you know where should we live where are we going to bring up bring up the baby yeah so yeah so maybe Singapore
0: Singapore, okay. And uh, if you could earn the same doing any job, what job would you do?
1: Oh, my one. Yeah. I don't want to do another job. It's fine. I've ended up in a really nice place.
0: And you can find out more about Dave and Cartographer at cartographer.io. And if you're interested in working alongside people like Dave and myself, then head to theskiff.org. And don't forget to subscribe to Tales from the Engine Room and we'll see you next time.